Hello, friends. Welcome once again to the Perfect Bound Podcast. This is a podcast all about anything and everything comic books and comics related. Brought to you by the panel Jumper. My name is Ben. With me, as always, is Chris Casso. Hello. Nicole Lamb. Hello. And, of course, Mr. Cole Hornaday. Hey there. Today, we have a special guest, G. Scott Tomlin. He's a... He's the... Uh, um, uh, founder of C4C3.org and president of the board and a former owner of Comics Dungeon and Corner Comics. Welcome, Scott. Thank you, thank you. And I uh, hope I got all your various titles right. Anyway, oh, sure. uh, <laughs> we've been... Uh, so the podcast has been on a bit of a hold for the last six months and a lot has happened since that time. Um, but don't worry, we're not going to go through every single news story that's happened. In fact, we're going to be talking about one thing and one thing only. What happened to Comics Dungeon and Corner Comics? And uh, that's why we have Scott here. So um, before we start, uh, hey, welcome back, y'all. Hey. <laughs> um, so uh, everybody's familiar with the pandemic. What was the industry like? What was comics industry retail like pre-pandemic like leading up to the end of 2019 and going into 2020 was it healthy was it skimming the treetops what was going on there i i think it was skimming the treetops yeah Uh, i i i think it i think it definitely varied market by market but i think the seattle market was incredibly tough um you know at the end of 2019 leading into 2020 Um, yeah it felt to me like um October and November were pretty, pretty bad, um, pretty, pretty bare. December, we saw like a little bit of an uptick just for the holidays, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that great. Um, so, yeah, we were we were heading into January with kind of a, a slow momentum, I think. I definitely I think there were some glimmers of hope, you know, the X titles were strong and a, and a few things like that. But uh the, the industry does not revolve around the X-Men. Sorry, Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> um, was the same true um, uh, store-wide? Was uh, Nicole was Corner Comics in Kirkland performing about the same as Comics Dungeon in Wallingford? Yeah, I believe we were having the same downturn issues as Comics Dungeon. Yeah. So... Um, yeah. Uh, um, what was the first like sort of indication that something bigger than like bigger than industry forces was happening? You know, for me personally, I I was sick the entire month of February. I mean, like in bed sick for the entire month of February, and uh, it wasn't turned out to not at least it didn't testify itself as COVID, but, uh, but was very sick. So this was, this was an indicator. This was the same time that Emerald city comic-con was, uh, getting close and, and the, the news of COVID was beginning to bubble and we were hearing it a little bit in Kirkland and, uh, which like a couple miles from yeah, uh, where Nicole enough. was. <laughs> and, and so it's just very real. And then, we were getting to that point of, of prepping for the convention. It's like, I don't know that I can physically do this. Mm-hmm. And then we start going, God, if I'm this way, do I want to go into a convention center? And then do I want to put our employees into a convention center? Um, and we were actually the first local retailer to uh, pull out of the pull out of ECC. 
Really? Uh, that yeah. was a tough choice for you and, and Laney. Oh, huge. Huge. I mean, it's 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 literally 10% of our annual revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that's that's a big pay cut right there off the top. And that was before we got into shutdowns and curbsides and blah. Right. Yeah, we had a couple meetings and and you had made it a point to uh, highlight a couple times like what if covid does a thing. And uh yeah, that was <laughs> uh good good to get ahead of that as much as you could. Um yeah. It it it, it was hard. It, it was incredibly hard. It's uh it's 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 truly where capitalism meets humanity. And uh, it it wasn't a pretty collision. Right. right. <laughs> Never usually is. Right. <laughs> um, so we're getting closer to um, the lead up to the stores closing. Was it Governor Inslee's order to shut the stores? What f- made you do it? Or did you decide to pull that plug early? We we didn't close before the order okay but we were getting close to mm-hmm. um and uh it, it it was getting scary it it you know it was uncertain you know i still think it is to a degree but we didn't know we didn't know where the risk factors were uh we didn't have the guidance we didn't have the statistics we didn't have any of that information and uh you as a retailer you don't get to control who walks through the door right when we had a lot of customers, you know, before that shutdown, um, like they just weren't sure, like the word social distancing still wasn't that defined to them. And like every other customer was kind of like half joking about it. And they're just some being more cautious than others. Um, but yeah, the, the general um, atmosphere and everything was, was definitely beginning to turn pretty hard. So yeah. How uh, how long were you guys just not doing anything before, or were you always like we had one week? Yeah, yeah. one week. One week we basically, just we're like we don't know what we're doing just yet. And yeah, then back in and started doing mail orders at uh, each store location. Well, and Scott and Laney, you were you guys were struggling just trying to figure out like the letter of the order. And it's like, are we allowed to have one person in the store? Is that technically not good? When when is uh, curbside pickup allowed? All those things. So we were just trying to be as careful as we could and uh, take it slowly. No, it was. It, it was confusing. The orders were, were confusing to begin with. Um, and, uh, you know, we weren't able to prepare for some of them. Do we need to wear masks? Do we need to sanitize? Do we need to do this? How many people can we have in? Um, you know, what what is what is the situation of the employees in that? Are they furloughed? Are they laid off? Are they, you know, all of these types of things? It was, I mean, uh, Laney and I probably spent every free moment for two weeks hammering through that stuff, and then something would change. Yeah. So you you kind of like overnight turned the stores into like essentially a mail order house. And that was just that just looked from the outside to be absolute and utter craziness. Um, What did you do to try to make that transition? What did you do to make that happen and try to keep that that rolling? Bought a lot of supplies. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> we did, <laughs> like a we did. I, 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 I have a picture that I think these guys have seen of of a shipment to to the house of of bubble wrap. I think something like eight hundred yards yeah. of bubble wrap. The giant and, wheel. The yeah, giant wheel of cheese. It was it, it was it was insane and and uh, bubble mailers and tape and boxes and and all that. And once we got those supplies, it was better. You know, we did have a mechanism for mail orders. Uh, Nicole in, in in particular was really good about, you know, our mail orders for subscriptions and things like that. But it changes the dynamic when all of a sudden your only interaction is over the phone, over the email, instant messaging, and you go from 5% mail orders to 75% mail orders. Yeah. And um, uh, we've we've got pictures where we show the, the post office stacked with the uh, at the loading dock with the boxes that we bring um, every other day, mm -hmm. and uh, you know uh, we knew what we needed to do, but we weren't always able to get it going. And um, and of course during this whole time, people are calling with questions. It's like, are you open? Are you curbside? Are you know? Yeah. Are you on the moon? Whatever it is, it's just it. It was a communication storm that yeah. I would say Nicole and Chris were probably eight to 10 times the load of phone calls and emails. There was a, I mean, another big factor of this was just the fact that we had to become uh, bounty hunters essentially. <laughs> and because you, you get a lot of good people who are reaching out and they want to support and they want to get a hold of you. And it turns out those are the people who had nothing on hold because they're so good. Um, it's everybody else that just kind of randomly disappears. And like you had a phone number, but it's the wrong phone number. The email is old and da, 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 da. It, it's you just going round and round trying to hunt these people down and sometimes it's that you know it's not their fault it's just time you know changes where they've moved everything else um but yeah sometimes it you really had to uh uh i don't want to say threaten <laughs> but uh there, there were a couple people where i just kind of wanted to uh really bring it to their attention like hey we just need you to talk to us yeah so, and, and, and we were we'd still gotten shipments a couple of these weeks so we you know we were having to deal with with inventory and 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 turnover and in and, and a whole new system right it's not like we had to fill the wall and do all of this but we had to figure out a way that we could get people hey uh, I, I need this shelf copy and all this and yeah. I would say those last couple of weeks of March probably were the most stressful times we've ever had in the business in the 15 years I've, I've run it and I I mean we wore it on our faces yeah and what did it, did it make any difference to your bottom line were you were you moving the needle at all or did you just feel like you were dot you, you were treading water and the weight was dragging you down well on a pure financial standpoint um, we were two thousand dollars below break even every week yeah. Uh, for 11 weeks in a row. 11 weeks. Yeah. And then you also considered that from April 1st to May 20th, there were no new comics coming in. So most of what we were doing was bounty hunting, uh, which is a dangerous profession, as well <laughs> as um, trying to get stuff on in, uh, like Instagram and social media and taking pictures of all of our shelves to say, please buy things we, for those yeah. people who didn't have something in their box or just to try to move move through stuff 
Yeah. It, it, it was how fast could you get money out of something? Yep. And uh, we, we were taking books home to our house. So we would list them onto Amazon. And so L- Laney was mailing 30 to 40 packages a day on top of what was coming out of the stores. And, uh, you know, the number of trips I made between the stores and the home over those few weeks, moving inventory back and forth. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, it was all hands on deck to kind of see how big the hole in the bottom of the ship is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It probably felt like a pretty big hole and there was no real end in sight at that point. So then you, you guys also did a, um, a crowdsourcing um, uh, for uh, payroll. How successful was that? That, I think, is one of the best parts. And to me, is just a testimony of what we set out to do as a store. Uh-huh. Uh, being part of the community more than a business in the community and uh-huh. the relationships we built over the years. We were, we were able to run um, for all the staff... Uh, almost two full payrolls um so full four weeks um while you know unemployment kicked in whatever the fed feds were going to do the bureau you know all that type of stuff we were able to pay the entire staff full pay for an entire month because of that and that is huge and i mean it, i it actually it's giving me goosebumps right now <laughs> it, it, it's, it's that's that's good to hear that's really good to hear and then um I got the impression from Chris that you, that the stores, uh, uh, the stores along with millions of other small businesses in the country were betrayed by the the small business, uh, the government's uh, $350 billion uh, small business paycheck protection program. Is that right? Yeah, it, it, I mean, it was a um, cluster and a half. uh, to say the least, it was confu- it it made the shutdown communication look clean and straightforward. It was confusing. What is it we needed to do after we applied? We actually did get some of the money, uh, so that was great. We were able to get some of that. We did. Uh, there were some, so that was great, but it it came incredibly late. It uh, the rules changed from the time we applied to the time we qualified from the time we got the money to after. Um, so, uh, you know, all in all, it helped. And it, it, it allowed us to keep, you know, a few of the staff members on, obviously, uh, Nicole and Chris, but we were able to keep Leanne and and uh, a couple hours from some of the other staffers. And it, it did help. Now, what I have is I have a debt to the federal government that may or may not be forgiven, and I won't know for another couple months. So it was a, a loan and not a grant. Is that what you're saying? It it, it is. It, uh, there was a ten thousand dollar. That was technically a nine thousand dollar grant we did get from the federal government. Okay. Um, okay. Basically, a thousand bucks per employee on payroll. Okay. Um, okay. That is forgiven, but the PPP is a loan that you can um, apply to have forgiven if you followed these, you know, mantras, if you will. Uh, and uh, and it looks promising for us, but it is an IRS decision. It's not an automatic. And um, at least as it stands today. And I can't even begin that process 
until November, I think. So I can't even apply for forgiveness, let alone hear the answer for forgiveness. Um, so it'll be hanging out for a while. Um, we were able to get a small business loan as well. Um, uh, we debated really hard whether we were going to take it or not. Um, How come? Uh, well, it's it's debt that will ultimately be personally secured by me. Got it. Um, and uh, we did actually take it. Um, and uh, it, uh, if for no other reason, any debt or bills or whatever we had after the life of business, I was going to be able to finance over 30 years. Um, and it's like, okay, you know, a 30 year reminder <laughs> of, of, of where the business landed, but um, it, it was low enough interest. It made sense. We did have some outstanding debt. We've already rolled credit cards into it and other debts into it. So uh, at least it's all there. Once we find out whether this loan is forgiven and a few other things, we might actually be able to pay it all back um, and, 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 and land on our, ankles instead of our feet but does uh, the does the c4 c3 foundation uh nonprofit status figure into that in any way not at all okay. um the our business is actually in two entities we have the retail business and we have the foundation and um and this was because irs wanted us to do it this way um the retail business is while a washington state nonprofit it was not a federal nonprofit so it didn't apply and for, and that was actually good for us because nonprofits had even a harder level of application to get into PPP and some of these other things. So it was actually good at that case that the federal thought we were a for business, for profit business. Um, so, um, you know, sometimes you stumble into it. Chris, you had mentioned at one point that uh, you guys, y'all were working. Uh, four times as much for one quarter of the pay or one quarter of the uh, the profits. Did yeah. that increase or decrease at all once you could have people inside the stores? Uh, it's tough to kind of measure that because so uh, what, from the mail orders uh, period of time, then we moved into the curbside period of time. And that's that's where I felt the most stressed, um, that that was its own uh, it required a certain amount of being able to split your mind into every direction. Um, and then once we can let people inside, it also, you know, attributed to a little bit more stress because the main problem is you still had people wanting to do the mail order because it is safer. And, um, and some people who are immunocompromised or just in general don't want to put anybody else into and any danger, they're going to want to stick with that. And then you had the uh, people who just wanted to do the curbside and then the people wanting to come inside. Um, and so sometimes, you know, I, we, would, we did the schedule system at first where people had to make appointments. And that took a bit of effort and coordination so while i'm a lot of phone calls and a trillion emails yeah there was one day i think i blacked it out but there was one day i'm pretty sure that by the time i came on the shift i had i had at least five or six times more than my usual load of emails and it took me a, a couple days to get my way through it and and more often than not i'd just be sending people immediate replies saying i'll get back to you by the end of the week um no, I, I, I think that stress was insane. 
I, I, I know we crossed at least momentarily a couple breaking points. Uh, we ended up uh, closing the store with one less phone than we had uh, going into the COVID situation. Yeah, that was a very, (laughs) that was a very special phone call. Yeah, that was a special Uh, human, a special uh, human that required that. I tried not to destroy things. And, and I, I think one of the best things we did there was to combine the operations of the two stores so that Chris and Nicole could be their support group. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicole helped me get through a lot of that. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of helpful that corner comics had no internet for no reason at all, because then I was like, okay, Chris, I'm coming in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just, just being able to bounce uh, an idea off of somebody of like, did I, read too much into this reply you know because sometimes you're getting emails and you're just like is there tone here or not tone and because uh, <laughs> yeah. i'm so typing with all the rage in the world exactly. <laughs> yes exactly you, you almost had to replace a keyboard there too <laughs> the uh the, the other uh, amount of stress that went into all this that I, I i feel it's worth bringing up and even though i know it's going to make uh scott and i and, and, and nicole just feel more rage is uh diamond was not much help um there was the the shipment that was supposed to arrive the week of shutdown which was the end of march end of march yeah Yeah. and uh we never saw it uh they they never knocked on the door with it and uh then then we did the shutdown uh and so that shipment got bounced back to diamond and traveled across the country again and uh Ultimately, we didn't see that shipment till what mid-April? Oh, At end of April. Yeah, maybe end of April. End yeah. of April. I thought it was uh, wasn't it May when they restarted up? Oh, it's like middle of oh, May. Oh, it could have been. Yeah, yeah. Because right. we got two like... shipments. We got that last shipment in March, and we got the new shipment from May. There were three that arrived in one week. One of those was just some oh, sort of weird. Right. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> and and that one and that one shipment that bounced around. Yeah, I got to pay return shipment and reship shipment fees. We were in, we were into a three thousand dollars worth of shipping. Yeah, because the thing is, on one of those on the reshipping, they decided to do it as a direct ship, which Diamond charges an unholy amount for no reason, no good reason. And uh, so, by the then the thing is, there was a moment when uh, Scott had asked us like okay, what, what is the priority on getting that missing shipment? And the problem was that shipment had like two or three X-Men titles, which was the only thing really making us money at the time. Um, and so we we were like, we, we should get that shipment, even if it, it means pushing back the next shipment or something else. Um, and so that that two or $3,000 that it cost us just to pay the shipping negated any potential profit that that shipment. Plus it created extra work because it arrived with three other shipments uh so that was that was also a peak time of stress because our that that was when diamond was also doing the back the comeback and they were trying to promote that they're supporting the 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 retailers and they just kept on messing it up and that's also where they started rolling out their new way of shipping reorders where they would ship ship them with a Tuesday shipment the week prior, you wouldn't have the invoice until the following week for that information. You wouldn't have it in your system, so any special orders you had for customers wouldn't pull until the following week. It was uh, a mess. It was that, 
you ha- you start ha- having uh, like the DC return policies around what that's happening. Marvel discounts. How is that going to work? You know, it 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 was confusing, and um, you know, I I I, I said earlier that those fir- first couple of weeks of the shutdown were the 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 most stressful we've been. But I I I kind of blacked out April and then May and June. And yeah. July. And dare I ask what kind of condition some of these books were in? Because I know that's oh. been a challenge. Yeah. That, that March shipment was mostly damaged. The condition of the books they're shipping. Yeah, I, I I can't remember. It was a significant percentage that was damaged. I want to say it was definitely more than $500 worth of damaged material. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably closer to 1000 And um, so that meant that we had to try and return that. And <laughs> by the time that we can get any of those returns for the people who were already, already waiting a month or two for it to come in, uh, everybody was just losing their patience. You know, I mean, we did have a lot of really good patient customers, but then there's the people who just uh, were not subscription customers that wanted to do their quick pickup, curbside pickup. And we just like, oh, we finally got that missing giant size X-Men Nightcrawl. Oh, no, we didn't. Yeah, half of them were damaged. Exactly. Yeah, and that, and now you layer onto the whole fact that uh, surprise one Friday. I might be stealing your thunder here, Ben, but DC pulls out a diamond. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was a uh, another question. Is like, let's say the pandemic never happened, but DC did that anyway. What would that have done? It still would have made us mad, but the thing is, we wouldn't be underneath a mountain of other stress. Right. And we could have allocated the additional mental capacity to handle this. Um, because the thing is, it's, it's, I, I, I think we figured out that it would at least add an additional eight to 10 hours of uh, data entry um, per, per week. And the thing is, because it was just Nicole and I with Leanne for support for the most part over at Dungeon Central. Dungeon uh, Corner. Dungeon (laughs) Corner. um, (laughs) That it's just one of those things of, yeah, I'd be willing to to spend that overtime and stay late. I've done that so much anyway, and it's no problem. But when you're already running uh, with like no energy and you're at the height of mental fatigue, um, it's just like, no, not not another eight hours of, of tedious data entry for something that didn't have to be that way. Yeah. I um, think DC actually broke my spirit when that happened. No. I think I think it, my soul was like, "All right, guys, this is the, my last hurrah. I got to leave." Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, I mean, even if they'd waited two months, um, it would have been different because yeah. we would have been into it. We would have had our our new COVID systems in place, <laughs> but you know, it 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 just was a storm, and it just felt like another one came in. At the at the exact same time, and and yeah, we didn't have the mental energy to do it. And at this point, we're already going. Is there a future? You know, we hadn't made the call yet, but we were we were talking about it on a pretty regular basis. It was like, "Howie, how are you? Have we closed yet?" Um, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Uh, talk me through that decision. Was it Scott? Was it just you and Lanny one night? And I have one more question before we move on to that. Okay. Tell me about you guys. Tell me about the financial burden that came as a result of shifting to the DC distribution. Well, we 
We didn't. We, we, we never did. Um, our best calculations would have been a couple hundred dollars a week extra. Okay. Our, our discount was dropped a little bit, but we would have had to pay separate shipping and uh, return policies were different. Okay. And, um, so we never actually experienced any of it uh, because okay. we chose not to move. All right. So, so it was because uh, I was under the impression that um, for a lot of stores, yours, yours included, there was this, that, the other, and then the financial burden of, of um, I don't know, deposits or whatnot for for shifting over to the DC distribution, the, the solely DC distribution system. Is that was that not as big a a, a hurdle as I, 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 I think when they rolled it out they weren't ready and bad things happened initially. I think ultimately both of the new distributors cleaned that up. Okay. Uh, mostly the shipping was still a problem right. and the surcharge for paying, making payments electronically. Was also okay. All right. I'm sorry, uh, Ben, I have, I have one more question. That's actually, it's a double-sided question um, for all three of you. Do y'all have the metrics on how many shops went under due to COVID and due to um, the DC um, shifting of distribution. Uh, uh, what I want to say, reowning their distribution. Do you have the, any metrics on that? I, I I know two other shops that shut down during COVID. Okay. Um, outside of R two, and I know of a few shops that chose not to continue with DC. Okay. Um, Does that kill you as a retailer to not have DC? Yeah. yeah. Depends. Depends on your store. Uh, it really it it would have been a big hit for us, um, but there are stores that actually there are comic book stores that don't rely on comic books for their uh, for their income. Right. So it may not have been as big of a deal for them. What I was leading to is there is there a possibility of class action lawsuits against DC for this um, shift in distribution? Has it caused enough stores enough financial distress that they had to close down? Hmm. And are they accountable? I think it would take too much energy and money to go up against. Um, well, that's that. uh, yeah. That's not really answering my question, though. Do you think it's a possibility? Let's say. No, I don't. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think it's a possibility because um, technically DC, uh, DC's customer is the distributor. So they would be the, the one uh, to... Um, file the suit we weren't a dc customer okay um, kinda i mean we were but we weren't and it was you know that whole relationship with diamond and, and all of that and it would be hard to show any store that a product line going out uh or changing distribution it didn't go away it just changed distribution okay um that that would be enough damage to to affect people okay all right, because I've made up stories that that this had created a severe financial burden for you all and for other stores, and that was maybe the la the, the not the last straw, but the last log that broke that camel's back. Yeah. So. Uh, it, I, in my opinion, I think that move that DC did has started a chain reaction in the industry uh -huh. that can't be stopped. Um, and, uh, but there's no way they can be blamed for the outcome of that chain reaction. Um, 
because I think that chain reaction is happening faster than anyone expected it to be. Okay. You know, backlash against DC. I'm not going to carry shelf copies or I'm going to cut my shelf copies down and they're cutting their line and they're doing all these things, uh, which they probably would have been doing anyway. So your revenue from DC was probably going to decline anyway. Um, and, and they have an accountability first for the profitability uh, of the company and for the success of their shareholders. So that's, that's where Warner Brothers lives. They don't the, the profitability of my store is secondary, if not tertiary, to their primary objective. Okay. All right. One one thing I heard when DC did that is a bunch of uh, retailers, because they had to order through DCBS and Midtown, felt like they were basically giving money to their competitors. Right. Is Was right. that your experience as well? I, I mean, it was true. Um, and... And it's it's something that I found to be very dubious in that decision. Um, I don't know what else DC could have done. These are the two comic-related distributors, whether they were retailer or not, that had the means to reach countrywide distribution. And I'll say the means kind of in air quotes because they didn't actually have the means. They weren't ready for an order of magnitude increase in in this. They weren't used to dealing with retailers. They were used to dealing with consumers, and it's it's a different model. But they but you know you look at it. They're the only comic related business that had the scale. Um, so I understand the decision, but they forgot to understand that D, particularly DCBS is probably next to Amazon the biggest competitor to the brick and mortar comic book store really and um and the idea of giving them insight into my demand for that product actually can could have been could be used now uh to market against me oh look at that seattle's a hot bed for dc guess what we're gonna do we're gonna market dcbs online to seattle right yeah. and 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 actually try to pull our customers away um and, you know, would they have, I don't think a lot of our customers, you know, when, when we shut down, a lot of our customers didn't go online anyway. You know, our customers weren't going to do that necessarily, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't have open books for a reason. Um, and uh, it's not that I feel that my Seattle stores were competitors because we weren't, we were more collaborators than anything um, in the, in the industry, but these guys were because they were pulling money out of the market. Gotcha. Um, Plus, they're going to appeal a little bit more to our irregular customers. Any any absolutely. off street traffic, um, any potential uh, digital sales uh, that people that were on the fence of like, do I walk into a store to get this physical copy of the book I've been getting digitally, or do I just get it for forty percent off at DCBS? And 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 the weird, sick mental exercise I went through personally. I'm a huge DC fan. Uh, uh, I was debating, where am I going to get my comics? I'm used to getting uh, the sweet deal that uh, the owner of the Comics Dungeon gave me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was used to this mega discount. I can't get even half, well, I can get about, well, I can't get anywhere close to even half that discount to any from any other brick and mortar store. And the only ones that could even come 
even remotely close to that discount was DBCS or DCBS. And, and I found myself going, do I buy from Amazon and DBCS or not? And I, I, I it was quite perverse in my mind because I, I, I literally felt like I not only was selling my soul, considering selling my soul to the devil, but he was telling me he was only going to back to me in a tattered and torn way. Uh, and uh, I, I did not choose to go that way. In fact, I have not bought a comic book since we shut the stores down. Uh, Same. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and, and quite honestly, I haven't even read a comic book since I, sh since we shut the, sh shut the stores. Well, I can't say that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ben, you had, before I, I, I had, uh, questions that. How dare you try to contribute to the conversation, Cole. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I should die alone with my cat. And Chris. I jump into something really quick while we're yeah, still totally. off of the, the, the DC thing. So one thing I think that's a little bit worth mentioning is so when, DC, they didn't immediately announce that they're completely dropping Diamond. They were just going to start with the two new distributors and eventually Diamond would catch up. Um, so we waited for that catch up. Now, once the catch up started to happen, there wasn't that many things that we had to catch up to because like the first week of DCBS and Midtown getting their books out, it was just like, what was that one vertical? Daphne Byrne. Daphne Byrne. They were like, Daphne Byrne and Hawkman. And it's just like, screw you. Anyway. Oh, thank God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but The industry has been saved. Yeah. <laughs> but, but three to four weeks in, they had at least three or four issues of The Flash, because Flash is bi-weekly. And then like Justice League and something else. So once we started getting books, there was a period there where we basically got like... I don't know. It felt like eight to 10 issues of the flash within one month. Wow. Um, and we're, we're set up as a store to, to display these books a certain way to have a certain amount of shelf copies. I reduced that of course, but it's still, uh, it threw off everything off whack. Now at the same time that DC was flooding us with some of those things, Marvel was, was starving us. Um, because they they barely released anything new during that period of time, and we desperately needed that uh, X Men and Spider Man and Avengers money, um, and so it's that thing of just like the, the two biggest companies, the two biggest pillars, couldn't figure out the balance that we needed, and what I think we needed was maybe like a maximum of six books a week that mattered, right? You know, yeah, yeah, our 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 new revenue stream was effectively eliminated. Yeah. So, yeah, that it, it, it's a weird, like very specific uh, pacing niche. Um, and it's, it, it's worth bringing up just because people need to understand like the, the way brick and mortars work is, is, you know, people come in in a cycle and if you mess up the life cycle, the blood flow, yeah. it's, know. it's, it's all about cash flow most small businesses are cash flow businesses yeah. and interruption in the cash flow is problematic. Um, you know, uh, we, we had huge advantages that our Seattle landlord worked with us very well, uh, you know, cut us a lot of slack and, um, and all of that. Uh, we chose not to pay other bills because <laughs> what, how, how bad could it be? They're going to turn off the lights. Well, <laughs> yeah. 
So you can do mail order by candlelight. <laughs> my the flashlight on my camera is really powerful. Right. <laughs> so it's a really stressful time. DC is mucking things up. Um, and walk me through making the call. Scott, was it, did you just decide one night while watching TV? Did you have a team meeting one morning in the store and you all discussed it as a group? What, how was that decision made to close the stores? You know, it, it was one of those things that I, uh, I, I tell everybody about this. The decision was really hard. It was really hard. It was really hard. And then it was easy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> we had a couple pre-talks, you know. Yeah, we did. We had we lots did. of hard yeah, lots of hard times, but yeah, once it was made, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it <laughs> it, it 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 became obvious that ah, today's the day the decision is to be made because you know, we weren't, you know, you know, even as it would be today, uh we would be limited in capacity in the store. Yeah. The industry is still not up to full distribution. We're seeing distributors cut their line, um, you know, and and we're entering germ season. You know, what was this? What is it? What was the what was the best picture we could paint? Uh, and the best picture was something like something that Ben Temple Smith draws. Um, it, just kind of dark and gloomy and full of blood. And um, a million teeth. No and a million teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Exist in a void. Exactly. Uh, we, we love that. But uh, <laughs> but it's, you know, the, there just wasn't a light at the end of the tunnel. I, you know, talking to a lot of the retailer friends uh, that we have in the, in the Puget Sound area, the things that they're still having to do, the heroics and the the i mean weekly adjustment to how they operate their business is incredible um and uh you know i know one of the stores up in bellingham he has literally got four days a week two people with cars driving books to people's homes yep that's um, my store <laughs> right yeah wow. and like Brian Hibbs uh, of the Comics Experience, he reported one week doing like a 90-hour week. And then like a month or two ago, he had a heart attack. You know, it's like maybe not because of, but I'm sure it didn't help. Right. Yeah, it's, um, it's certainly not going to help. I mean, the, yeah. the, there there is not going to be a comic book guy calendar out there anytime soon. But um, uh, maybe comic book gal, but not comic book guy. We're, we're not known for our physiques <laughs> so add, adding stress adding stress to our already uh stress systems is not what we welcome and um you know and you know brian hibbs has done a great job django up at comic stops has done a great job uh but it's heroics and heroics take energy it takes yeah. that ed dedication. So I'll tell you, you, when we come out on the flip side of all of this in 2029, uh, <laughs> the people the people who are left are the true icons of the industry. Uh, they they are the ones who would do anything for it, and uh, and 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 I think that that um, it's it's hard. It's you know, it's hard. And you know, for people who have you know, and I'm not going to say we didn't have passion. I mean. You know, Chris has known nothing else, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, I've done this for 15 years and, you know, uh, it's not that I don't have the passion, 
but you know, you can only go so far and, uh, we found our limits and, uh, yeah. and, and I'm glad that it wasn't the same limit that everybody else found. Um, and, uh, and, and hopefully we'll have an industry on the other side of this, but, uh, the industry has changed. It, it already has. We just don't know what it's changed into yet. And, um, and, uh, and we weren't at a place that, uh, we felt that we could be part of that change anymore. And, uh, uh, you know, the, we, we'd gotten to that point. We'd sold off so much of our inventory. If we wanted to reopen the stores, it was going to cost us thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 to restock, you know? So wham, you start off in the hole and, uh, and who knows what was going to be the next day. Um, and, uh, and the equation just wasn't there. And, um, you know, at, at this point, I am completely satisfied with the decision we made. Um, I miss it. I miss it a lot. Uh, you know, I, hell, I miss humans. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but I miss it a lot. I, I didn't realize how much of the store was part of the balance that I had in my life. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I'm fortunate. I have a day job. I I. I, I'm fortunate I get to work, but, uh, but I'm fortunate I get to do that. But I, I found out that, you know, when I leave my day job, I actually don't get to leave my day job anymore. Cause I have nothing else. Uh, I don't have another, another problem to go put my mental energy, my physical energy against yeah. and Your creative uh, energy. Sure. We'll call it that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it is, it's, it's, you know, it, it, it has left a void for me. Um, and, uh, but I, on the flip I, side of that void yeah. <laughs> is, I mean, so the thing is same, same thing. There's, there's so many people I miss and there's, there's a lot of elements being able to, to share with people books that, you know, that were missed but once we made the announcement the the bad news kept rolling in from from diamond dc everybody and every time one of those things popped up and we knew it would manifest as an issue to fight within a month or two we shared so many emails be like oh thank god <laughs> like we were we were we were matrix dodging <laughs> right there and it's just like oh and it's still happening there's still little bits of news that pop up or something from a retailer forum that's just like oh i knew that would have probably given me an aneurysm yeah. you know so it's no you know it is and you know and for as much as that void was in my life i have done nothing to get comic books as i mentioned uh you know, and and I think that says something about where we are as an industry. If if people who have dedicated significant portions of their life to this industry literally can walk away and turn their back on it to a degree, yeah. um, I've bought and, one manga. <laughs> right. Know, part yeah. of my problem is I have I have a mountain of things to catch up. To, oh, so yeah. I don't need to spend <laughs> money. None of that's been read. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, working in a comic book store means that you have a lot, you pretty much have a library that you have probably not read like 30% of. <laughs> oh, man, I'll, I'll go 70 on mine. <laughs> so, uh, so you close the store, you liquidate everything. Where did all that go? 
into the great ether of the comic industry. Um, no, uh, we 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 were very fortunate in uh, in the fact that we had a huge outpouring of people coming in and. I'll call it helping us liquidate, or you might say taking advantage of of low discount offers. But whatever it is, <laughs> all of the bargain hunters, bargain hunters. There we go. Calling uh, everywhere on the last day. Yeah, absolutely, and we appreciate it, every dollar you spent. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of people though that they bought so much more than they needed because they wanted like a token as well. Um, we d- during our closeout sale, we actually had several people just here's a hundred bucks. Really. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and just say, Hey, I know you need this. And, you know, and again, that just kind of goes back to, you know, where I see the place of small business in, in the communities. And I don't think, you know, I knew that's where I wanted to be, but I don't know that I was ever really able to measure what our impact was on that community until all of a sudden the community sensed it was going away. Um, and, uh, and, you know, if there's one lesson I have learned is if you truly care about it, your local small business, you better be giving them business on a very regular basis. Um, and uh, uh, and and when it's hard for you to get there, it's re- it's double hard for them to survive. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I think that that's that's that. But but, you know, back to the closing, you know, we were very successful in clearing out tons, literally tons of inventory through our, our closeout sales. But um, we were very fortunate for all of our back issues. Uh, we found a single buyer, uh, one stop, one transaction. Uh, he still owes me 500 bucks, but that's okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, but that was incredibly fortunate that we, we found that because that was going to be the hardest stock for us to get rid of because he bought the good stuff and the bad. Um, and, um, and so that was great. Uh, we was appreciated another, it. Another retailer or is another local, re- no, okay. lo- another local retailer. They actually have a very interesting mail order program that, uh, actually one of our employees works with them now. Um, uh, and, um, you know, so, uh, good guys, people that I've known for a long time. Um, and, uh, and they, wanted to help us out. They gave us an incredibly fair offer, well above my minimum satisfactory price. So um, they're going to make lots of money on it. I made the money I needed to make on it. And so that was great. And then we had uh, another single buyer that bought the rest of the store inventory, all the graphic novels and toys and miscellaneous, as well as our extra shipping product. Uh, so all the, all the, bubble wrap and tape <laughs> and all of that one transaction nice. um the the uh, that guy man that can move you know uh, it's uh he he uh, uh was not large in stature by any measure um uh and uh you know uh and that dude moved 300 boxes in an hour uh, wow. into a truck and it it, it it was something to see and it's like he never he never moved fast but he never stopped mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and it was it, 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 it was great again another reasonably fair offer 
Uh, we actually had a couple people who made offers. He made the best offer. They've been very successful in in monetizing that. Um, they're resellers on online and Amazon and and places like that. So uh, we got lucky. We were able to shut down the retail businesses completely much faster than I thought we were going to be able to and, uh, you know, save uh, rent and utilities and all of those types of things. We we were able to walk out of the Seattle store one month earlier than we thought we were going to be able to. Wow. So. When the, um, was it the Saturday, the final Saturday? Uh, I, there was one day you said we had like the single best day sale numbers. Um, yeah, yeah it's, like, it's either that Friday or Saturday, I can't remember. But yeah, uh, yeah. you know, literally... The last month in business that we were only around for three weeks of that month was the biggest sales month the store had ever had, including months that had Comic-Cons in it. Right. Um, and uh, yay, we set a record. Uh, it's kind of like a supernova, right? We go out with a bang. Right. Yes. <laughs> One of those, we're making so much money. Why are we closing? Yeah, why are we closing? This is ridiculous. <laughs> and, and, and to be honest, we did have a couple moments that we were going... Oh God, maybe we could actually do this. And then, you know, Friday came around and smacked reality into your face and said, ah, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, no. So, and then so, the murder horde came and then the plague squirrels. Oh, and, right. right. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. Every Dark step of the way is just like, no, would you, yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> there's, there's always something. So what's next for everybody? Scott, you're not doing anything with comics. You're working your day job and, and quarantining. Yeah, at, right. Right now, that that is true. Uh, uh, the the only comic related business that I still have kind of looming out there is one final paperwork on the on the retail businesses. Uh, Diamond still hasn't given me my refunds, so I'm still having to chase all of that stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, and they're funny how they don't respond to those emails very quick. Um, but. So we have that. And then uh, we have the foundation that at the end of the year, the board of directors, we're going to meet and we're going to make a decision on whether we're going to keep it going, reformat it, put it on ice, whatever. Um, but we, I wanted to divorce that decision from the business decision and make sure that I'm over it before I make a decision on that. Cool. What about you, Nicole? Uh, well, I'm in a, temporary retirement state right now (laughs) i've uh cleaned my whole house very thoroughly i know almost everything that's in this house now um and i'm slowly like learning new skills and looking to start a new career path at some point i'm lucky enough that i can have this little break for a while and take my time and slowly figure out what's next and and i actually am still buying comics um, and reading them. I was going to ask if, if uh, now that it's no yeah. longer your job, if you're, if you can do it for pleasure these days, I thought I wouldn't do it. Um, uh, I thought I was going to take a break and then I immediately signed up with the comics place in Bellingham and <laughs> <laughs> promptly paying my invoices <laughs> as a good subscriber and sending my previews in on time. Um, that's my one indulgent is that I still do get comics. And then I'm also shopping at, um, a couple different stores, other local stores too, for comics. So I still have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) I can't quit you yet. Comics. You can enjoy it a little bit more though. I can. Yeah. Yeah, Just reread berserk seven times. It's fine. Yeah. 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 
All right. Chris, Cole and I both know what you've been up to, but why don't you yeah. tell our listeners who who haven't been paying attention, what are you doing these days? Yeah, uh, I launched a, a web presence, uh, trustyhenchman.com, and a uh, website and a patron and all the other social media that goes with them, and I do reviews. Um, I, I do the weekly newsletter. Uh, that's a thing I, I always did for the dungeon uh, for at least 16 or 17 years. Um, and that's, that's such a part of my routine that not doing that was going to be one of the weirdest things. Um, so yeah, if, if anybody wants a weekly newsletter, $3 a month gets you that plus lots of other stuff. Can you remind um, us how everybody can find you? Uh, trustyhenchman.com and, uh, all Do the, it. all, hmm? Do it. It's good. It. Uh, yeah, it's, it is it's, good. it's, 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 I, I no longer need the other news sites uh, <laughs> because now i actually know the truth and we'll put a link to this of yeah. course in the show notes. Now, if, if you could get into politics and help me fight through all that that oh, would be God, great no. too no no, no. <laughs> no we, need to, we need to keep his mental health in a good state <laughs> yes. yeah jeez well i will tell you i am a i am a patreon of trusty henchman and i will tell you that it's nice having that consistency Go from the store to Trusty Henchman. I get the rant in my inbox every Monday, and it's comforting to know that you're still out there doing that. Thank you. And also, Chris is writing these really astute, um, well-researched, well-considered um, uh, op-eds or essay pieces. I don't know if they're that well-researched. Chris, this is a really good time for you to be quiet and let me in your <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy them. I have a short list of suggestions for you when we get off mic. Um, <laughs> because just because I don't, I know I'm not saying that facetiously. I'm like, I would like you to write about this. Uh-huh. We talked about this once you brought this up on the podcast and I'd love you to explore this. And I know you've got a whole list, but it's like, there are lots of things I want to hear more. I want to get access to Chris's mind and, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get my $5 worth. <laughs> you gotta pay more for that mine, baby. That's that pricey tier, y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it is. You know, Chris, you are doing a good job there, and it, it, it does provide that. You know, as Ben said, a little bit of that continuity that it's like, oh, you know what? There's, there's, there's still uh, the life force of the store going on. So. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I'm able to do that's that's because the one thing I always love to do is to recommend books to people is to I go through the order form because that I'll never stop doing that, apparently, and <laughs> and try to find things that are like, oh, yeah, I would have ordered that for the store or this. And now that I can't, it's just like you should you people should order these things that I'm finding now um, and just try to put a spotlight on creators and and artists and stuff. So. There's been I, I I've actually been going through a lot of the the art ones that you've been showing lately, and there's a nice. couple that it's like, damn, there's some nice stuff out there. It's you know, a good so. thing I can't afford to get art prints right now. Dude. <laughs> I never have anywhere to put them. Yes. Well, the uh, the stores will certainly be missed. There were they were um, to use a trite phrase, pillars of a community because they created community. They created. You know, they were uh, uh, every time I walked into the store at the end of the day, you know, to hang out before recording the podcast, Chris and Nicole always said hello to everybody. Goodbye to everybody. Offer to help. We're like you were like the nicest retail people I've ever met in any uh, comic book store capacity. 
Um, and but that you know, and, and you know the the but the comic stores in Seattle are, are kind of you know dwindling now. So you need you need that sort of um, you need to build and maintain that sort of community. Um, thank you all so much for sitting down and and sort of rehashing the last uh, few months of your retail experience. Before we go, do do does anybody have any any final thoughts on um, the retail industry or the stores or 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 Cats. <laughs> I, Any- I've seen I've seen more live cat butt action today than uh, <laughs> I have in a long time. That was Mister advertising his OnlyFans page. So <laughs> <laughs> He's got to start pulling his weight in this 2020 era. Yeah. Everybody pays rent now. Uh, Mister yeah. and I have had conversations about how we need to put we need to monetize his talents and yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know the, the the one thing that I'll say is, you know, it sucks that the, we had to close the stores. There's no doubt about it. But it was going to happen someday. Um, and the fact that we were able to control to a certain degree our exit, it to be able to provide the support to the staff for as long as we could to help bridge some of the gap. Um, You know, uh, most of the staff has landed on their feet, whether they're employed, unemployed, but no one's on the street. And, um, you know, and I think that that is part of the community. Um, You know, it's something that Lainey and I made a very strong commitment to the staff on to make sure that we will do what we can to help support them uh, through this, whether that's this week or in a few months or or whatever it is. And uh, it's you know, for me personally, I I take a lot of pride in where we where we were, how we exited. Uh, may not have been perfectly graceful, but uh, uh, I think that that's great. The retail industry is different. Um, life is different. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to find new ways to find geeky avenues to have civil discussions. Um, uh, we're not always going to have those comic stores, um, and uh, and we're we're adjusting to all of this. It's 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 insane. It's it's insane for people who have not had their jobs disrupted. There are you know it's everyone's life is different at this point it will continue to be different for quite some time. Uh, we will not all be the same coming out of it. And uh, I just hope to see everybody on the other side. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Likewise. Um, yeah, it's a great, it's a strange new world. For the the 19 years I've been associated with the dungeon, I mean, it's been so many changes, the change in ownership, um, all the different staff members, everything. It's been such a, a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 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 last chunk uh, with Scott and Laney uh, owning it and and turning it into a nonprofit um, is where I I feel like we did the most the the most beneficial work to everybody um and we 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 made a difference i think the entire time but it's it feels like a very tangible difference um so i'm always grateful for that and um and you know just that we were able to do so much so oh, i got all the feelings all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. So, yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't have worked for better people. And I think the store had to close in order to kick Chris and I out. So <laughs> <laughs> and actually do something else with our lives. But yeah, I mean, it was such a huge part of our lives. And I mean, we're best friends because of it. So I mean, we got I got a husband and a best friend. So I got a really it's a really good deal for me. personally. <laughs> what else do you need? <laughs> yeah, really? I mean, I'm set. I'm good. I could be on lockdown this whole time. It's good. All Yeah. Well, friends, it is so lovely to see your faces. Uh, thank you again for joining us. Uh, the Perfect Bound Broad, uh, Podcast is brought to you by the Panel Jumper. See everything Cole Hornaday and I do at thepanelgumper.com. Subscribe to the show and Apple Podcasts or however you get your podcast at perfectboundpodcast.com. Send us an email, perfectboundpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you once again, friends, and we will see you sometime. <laughs>